I'm Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. Today's episode is a little different. We are going to be giving somebody advice and for once on this program, this advice is not unsolicited. A friend of mine who I met through the BJJ community reached out and sent me an email looking for advice about a few different things related to their Jiu-Jitsu life and as I was reading, I realized that a lot of you might have similar questions. So I'm going to do my best to answer his questions questions I think a lot of you might have that are similar. And yes, I do put out a Q&A bonus episode every few weeks exclusively for supporters on Patreon. You can find the link to Patreon in the description below if you want to access those episodes, plus a slew of other bonus content. But A, I just put out a Q&A episode earlier this week, and B, This seemed a little more serious and a little more in-depth, so I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to this email and this advice. One thing my friend did not ask for advice on is his BJJ apparel, because like many of you, he's already picked up the best jujitsu apparel there is by shopping at epicrollbjj.com and using the coupon code PODCAST15 for 15% off. Epic Roll is gear designed by grapplers for grapplers, and they have everything you need. Gis, rash guards, shorts, hoodies, joggers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, the list goes on and on. Make sure you tag Epic Roll on Instagram at EpicRollBJJ and give them a follow. If you tag them wearing your new gear, there's a good chance Matt from Epic Roll will give you a shout out on their page. EpicRollBJJ.com coupon code podcast 15 to take 15% off the best BJJ apparel there is. Now let's get to the advice giving. Welcome to that jujitsu podcast. Like I said in the intro, my buddy sent me an email and I'm not going to say his name just in case anyone is enjoying this episode of the show and knows who he is and might have some awkward conversations with him. Just going to leave his name out. Rather than reading the whole email and then coming back with answers, I thought we would break it down in smaller chunks and look at each part individually. He says to start, so I've been doing martial arts slash BJJ since 2010. Other than a one year hiatus due to injury, I have not taken any breaks in my journey and have never been able to train with the consistency that I want to though. I've been a father and husband throughout my entire martial arts career and it resulted in me being able to train one to two times a week three if I'm very lucky. Okay, my thoughts so far, I think this is a very common backstory for people who train for many, many years. It is very difficult to balance life and jujitsu, especially once you mix in kids. Even once I was married before kids, I was able to train a lot. And once kids came along, that changes things. I have two now, a toddler and a five month old. And just based on the fact that they go to bed at very different times and don't always sleep consistently and sometimes wake up very early in the morning, finding a consistent training schedule is really, really, really tough. I don't have advice per se at this point, and he's not really asking for any, but I'm just saying that we're all doing the best we can. If your family is limiting your jujitsu life, you're not alone, and we should probably be happy that we have a family, but I digress. Back to the letter. When I started training, there were no BJJ schools within a 60 mile radius, so I didn't have much choice where I trained. Good thing was the school I started at was great, and so were the people. There was a good mix of all colored belts, ages, and competition versus hobbyist ratio. I received my blue belt from that school. Again, there's no advice for me to give here, just commenting. 
Driving that far to train is obviously a commitment and I would say there are very few people, especially brand new to the sport, who would do that. Right now for me, the school I spent my entire jujitsu career at is an hour away at best with no traffic. Like I just said a minute ago, family obligations make training hard for a lot of people. And if you need to spend 60 miles in the car just to get to the gym, that's a burden. If I wanted to drive to my main school, I'd spend almost a two to one time in the car versus on the mat ratio. And I don't expect anyone to do that for jujitsu. Reading on, soon after receiving that belt, the instructor decided to move his school farther away from me simultaneously and seemingly by fate. A new school opened with a Henzo black belt just 30 minutes away from my home. The transition was an obvious choice or so I thought. The black belt who became my instructor was not established in the area in any way at that time. As a freshly minted blue belt, I was the highest ranked student in the academy. Fast forward four to five years, I'm still the highest ranked student in class, now a brown belt. I have done my best to bring up the other students with me, but the ones that were closest to me in rank ended up leaving for random reasons. And although the school is now significantly bigger and it's a lot of attendance, it's still 75% white belts and 25% blue belts. I've not trained consistently with a person of my rank or even purple belt for that matter since I was a blue belt. Right, so I've talked about this on the show a few times previously. You don't want to be the best guy in the room. It will happen. There will be times where you are the highest ranked person there, but generally, I like to not be that person. I like to have people there who outrank me and who have more skill than me to learn from, so this is definitely something that I would also find frustrating. If you notice that your school is all lower belts, that might give you some issues, which let's get back to reading. My instructor rolls with me, but for the most part, he does so pretty lightly because he has many injuries. He's taught me many things, and I've noticed the depth of my knowledge become deeper and deeper. When the rubber hits the road, though, I feel like my performance when rolling is dreadfully bad. If you'll excuse my Star Wars reference, I feel like Qui-Gon Jinn, knowledgeable and fluent in the ways of the Force, even good enough to train Padawans, but when pitted against a mere Sith apprentice, I get absolutely clapped. So I'm gonna pause for comment and also praise a really good analogy because as my wife knows, I love me a good analogy. And for non-Star Wars fans, I think you get the gist of what he's saying regardless of the analogy. There is a lot to be said for what you can learn even by not doing, just by drilling and being taught technique. The issue is when you can't apply that technique in practice against highly skilled opponents, you never refine that technique well enough like something might work well enough against a white belt, but that doesn't mean that it will work against a purple belt. As your opponent's skill increases, your technique needs to match the increase in your opponent's skill. So if you're the highest ranked person in the room by a measure of two belts and you're hitting technique that works, you'll never really know if it works because you're actually good at that technique or if it works because the people you're rolling with don't know yet how to defend it. More of the email. I've thought about moving schools, the closest being 45 minutes away as opposed to the current 30 minute commute. The guys are good, but it's still a further drive. I feel like I would basically have to start all over. I don't necessarily agree here, specifically the starting over part. You might get beat up a bit, especially going into a school as a high rank. Purple belts love to try to prove their mettle by coming hard at the brown belts, but you're still a brown belt for a reason. You're still good. You will adjust in time to the uptick in training partners and it will definitely make you better. More email. 
Currently, I have a key to my gym. I can show up or even do private lessons with others whenever I want. In fact, I feel as if I'm being groomed to be the head instructor of the gym someday. If I have any hope of martial arts being my full-time profession someday, I feel I must stay with my current school. I have a lot of thoughts about this part. There's a level of comfort in staying where you are with anything. You know the people, you know the place, you've been there thousands of times. It's home. If you have a key and can come and go as you please, there's obviously a trust from the school towards you and you both feel connected to each other. When he says, if I have any hope of martial arts becoming my full-time profession someday, I feel I must stay with my current school. Maybe he means because his school seems like they want him to make jujitsu his profession and they want him to be the head instructor and he feels other schools might not. I don't know the relationship any more than what I can read and infer from this email, but part of me thinks the comfort and the loyalty might be, and I guess I'll go Star Wars again, clouding his judgment. If you go to a new school, you're not going to have a key to the place right away. You're not going to have the comfort you have at your current school right away. There will be an adjustment period, and you're not going to walk in and be the top student. I think sometimes people take loyalty too far, especially in jujitsu and martial arts as a whole. Loyalty is a strong feeling of alliance. Obviously, in this case, the school has it to him and he has it to the school. But loyalty can be blinding sometimes. Loyalty does not mean putting your school or your instructor ahead of what's best for you and what you need. And I've seen it in cases where someone wants to move or change schools or seek out new coaching and even though it would be best for them, they don't do it for fear of being labeled disloyal. When you train somewhere, you obviously will build connections with the people there and the instructors there, and it's a normal thing to worry that if you change schools, those people will be disappointed or feel betrayed in some way. But that's not how it should be. If you leave a school and start bad-mouthing it to everyone and talk shit about your instructors, then yeah, that's a pretty shitty thing to do. But just leaving a school doesn't immediately mean you're a disloyal scumbag. If your circumstances change or you feel you need more than what you're getting where you are, you should be able to talk to your current school openly and tell them, I think I need to get more time with higher belts and so I'm going to look at possibly training at a different school as well. You can do it respectfully, it's possible to not burn bridges at places. In this exact case, I could see it being very uncomfortable to say, I know I have keys to this place and I'm the highest ranked student and one day you'd want me to maybe take over, but I need to go somewhere else to get more training with higher ranked partners. You've been there a long time and been promoted there and obviously a top student there, but I do think sometimes you need to think about what's best for you too. And it would probably be better for them in the long run too, since you're not gonna be a dick and say, fuck off nerds, I'm out. You're still gonna have a relationship with them, you're still going to train with them from time to time and bring in new things that you'll pick up at other places. I don't think it's black and white that it's stay and run the place or leave and never go back. He finishes up the email with this, what I think is the heart of the issue. As you may have guessed though, my biggest fear as a martial artist is being perceived as fake. And regardless of what others think, at the end of the day, I just want to be a good martial artist. I've dedicated my life to this. I don't want to suck. Is it possible for me to become a legitimate fighter at my current situation? Am I doomed to be subpar to what my actual rank suggests? What would you do? I'm going to need a drink before I dive into this. Well, here's what I think. 
The idea of being fake or being perceived to be fake is something I think a lot of people struggle with. I think a lot of it comes down to imposter syndrome where you doubt your own abilities so you feel like a fraud. I've had success in fighting and success in jujitsu and I still have thoughts to myself sometimes of, I can't actually be good. People think I'm a liar. You question your achievements. Am I really a brown belt? I don't feel like I deserve it, but you do. I mean, there's a difference between acknowledging your own limitations and being aware that, yeah, I'm probably not going to ever beat Craig Jones and knowing, yeah, I'm a good competitor and I will win tournaments. I think it a lot myself if I put out a technique breakdown or shit, sometimes even if I'm teaching a class, why would they want to learn from me? I can't be that good. But I think that's just normal self-doubt and I think being aware of it can make you a better instructor and a better student and a better competitor and a better athlete. In this case specifically, I, I don't think my friend is fake. I know he's a brown belt for a reason. I know he knows a lot. Is it possible for him to be a legitimate fighter in his current situation? Possible? Yes, but he's missing out by not having higher ranked training partners to roll with. Is he doomed to be subpar in his current situation? No, but it's not ideal. What would I do? Well, we talked about timing being an issue. Only being able to train one to at most three times a week is tough on its own let alone if you think you're not getting the most from your current school. What I would do ideally is keep one foot in the door if possible. If you can train once a week at a new school with higher level partners and once or twice a week at your current school, that's what I would do. I'd keep the benefit of the current school and add in the missing pieces from a new school. If that's not possible and it's really old school or new school nothing in between and you can't split the time, then it becomes more hazy. I know in this situation, he's dedicated his life to this sport. And in that case, if this sport is what you want your life to be, I'd say move to a new school where you will become a better athlete and a better competitor and in turn, a better coach. You may have reached the limit of your potential at your current school and a new gym with new training partners who are going to push you harder will make you better. Obviously, you'd want to handle that decision as delicately as possible and because I think you ultimately do want to return to that school and since I know this person and he's not an asshole, that is what I think he will do. If you're the listener, have a similar situation and your answer to the question, is this sport what you've dedicated your life to? If that answer is no, I haven't, then I'd say stay where you are. There's no need to change. You might also be at the limit of your potential, but if you don't have the goal of being a world champion or the goal of running an academy, then that limit is fine. You do jujitsu for fun, so do it where it's most fun. But if you have big goals in jujitsu, you need to be where you have the opportunity to be the best at this sport as you possibly can. Sadly for my friends, I don't think that's at his current school. Thank you all for listening. I know today's episode was a little different. If you need advice, feel free to email thatjujitsupodcast at gmail.com and maybe I'll do an episode to try to help you out as well. Or just send me an email to say hi. I like those too. Don't forget to check out Epic Roll at epicrollbjj.com and use the coupon code PODCAST15 to take 15% off your order. Thank you all again for listening. I will see you in the next episode.